Chat with Traders is sponsored by Trade the Pool. Are concerns about limited buying power, insufficient capital, or fear of losing your own money preventing you from advancing your trading capabilities? Trade the Pool is an online stock trading prop firm that offers funding for stock traders. Demonstrate your skills, trade their capital, and keep your profits. You can engage in intraday trading and now swing trading on Trade the Pool with any U.S. stock or ETF. The procedure is straightforward. Pay an evaluation fee, successfully complete the evaluation, and get funded. Visit tradethepool.com forward slash chat to learn more. You've seen the headlines. Bonds are making a comeback. But if you've ever tried to invest in bonds, you know what a clunky, complicated, broken experience it can be. That's why at Public, they took fixed income and fixed it. Now you can find, evaluate, and buy thousands of bonds with an investing experience designed this century. Add fixed income to your portfolio with corporate, treasury, and municipal bonds. Go to public.com forward slash bonds podcast to get started. This podcast is sponsored by Public. Full disclosures can be found at public.com forward slash bonds. Markets, speculation, and risk. This is the Chat with Traders podcast, hosted by Aaron Fifield. Traders, thanks for joining me here on episode 232. And this episode is another trade recap. That means it's a shorter episode with the sole intent of analyzing step-by-step how my guest went about putting on a single trade, or rather, in this case, it's multiple intraday trades. And my guest is no stranger to the show. It's my guy, Nishant Porbandawala. Nish is a senior equities trader at Kirshner Trading Group in Austin, Texas, who's been active in markets for more than 15 years. As I alluded to, Nish has been on the podcast several times before, and each time it's been a seriously good episode. If you haven't heard these already, you certainly should. Check the show notes for links, chatwithtraders.com slash 232. For this trade recap though, Nish details how he booked an outsized six-figure profit trading DWAC, the NASDAQ-listed social media SPAC with ties to Donald Trump. The date was 22nd of October 2021, the day it traded from $50 up to a high of $175. So that you have a visual aid to follow along while listening, Nish has provided a price chart with his executions. Again, you can view this in the show notes at chatwithtraders.com slash 232, where I've also summarized each of the main trades into a list. Hope you dig this one. I will now pass you over to Mr. Porbandawella. So let's break this down. This was an outsized winner for you. The first thing I'd like to ask is really about identifying the opportunity. So how did this stock get your attention? How did it appear on your radar? No, the first time it appeared was on October 21st, the day before it. So some context to, and I'm sure most of your listeners would know of DVAC because it is the, the Trump uh, SPAC that that came out basically they like that they want to be the twitter for the republican party or for for trump uh and therefore they they became the sensation when it came out and when it you know merged with a spec uh 
So the, I mean, you know, just like, I don't know, just like many other people, not to get political at all on this, is that I thought this was, you know, pretty much BS. Uh, I was like, dude, you know, there's no way. And the way SPACs were moving that day, you know, those days, like anything would move up, you know. So I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, you know, let me just play it a little bit here and there. So so let's start with October 21st when the news came out, you know, uh, this company, Truth, which is what's called now Truth Social, is going to merge with DVAC. And um, I saw, I saw the. So we start with the morning imbalance, which is at you know usually at at nine twenty five uh, Eastern time. Um, it was a million share imbalance, okay, and the stock moved up up from that about thirty cents, opened at about twelve dollars and seventy seven cents. Can I just pause right there? When you say there was a million share imbalance, can you just explain what that means? So every stock has an imbalance. That means there's X number of buyers, X number of sellers. It's an auction that happens every day before a stock opens, right? To determine what price the stock should open. Uh, you don't really see, you know, I mean, you know, you see the opening print in every stock. That's an auction, basically. This, the amount of buy orders and the amount of sell orders equates to a certain price where the stock should open. Okay. Okay. So for a stock like this, which was a SPAC, every SPAC is at 10 bucks. This was opening at about 12.77, a million shares. I was like, I'm gonna short the I'm gonna short the print because it's moved up on that imbalance. Basically, there's a million a million shares that wants to buy it. And I was like, you know, I don't think this goes too much. So I shorted five thousand shares. Uh, as soon as it opened, it spiked about a dollar. To about thirteen seventy seven, I shorted more. Uh, I think I was shorting. I was in twenty thousand shares by that. By that, I was down in the trade. Uh, it came back down a little bit. Uh, I was kind of flat. I said, "Let me just get out." Uh, this has done something more than it should have done. So I got out. I think kind of you know down maybe a couple of grand in it. And I said, "That's not bad. Let's just forget about it and let's just see. Let's just trade the market." At ten a.m. that day, it started moving up. Uh, a little bit and kind of broke that that you know 1377 level started pushing higher i played in and out of it i was like you know really is this really going to go up you know it doesn't make any sense you know you have that everyone has a small bias end of the day i was like no it doesn't make sense dude i mean you know not that twitter was doing that well or anything that moment so i'm like okay whatever this is just uh a spag just for the for Trump and his way of you know because he was banned from Facebook and you know Twitter and this and that this was this was his way of you know just putting his comments out there. I said how can they make money? So you know you start thinking about all these things and you're like, okay, it doesn't make sense. So I traded in and out all day of it. By the end of the day, it closed at about fifty dollars. Okay, so and I went back and I checked and I lost about. 23,000 in this stock. Okay, so that's day one. Day one. Yeah, I think I traded about 150,000 shares in it, you know, in and out, in and out, you know, as it halted a few times also. And I'm like, you know what? I've totally messed this up. You know, you know, I've thought about it and I have a bias and instead of just trading the way it should have traded, uh, I should just get my bias out and just trade it. You know, I don't want to like think about, oh, it's Trump's, IP, it's Trump's pack, or you know, this is a dumb idea, or any of those things. And then I don't know. I remember one one person talking to me. He's like, you know, the dumbest ideas go up the most. 
<laughs> that's how the market was was trading at that moment like you know there was dumb stocks that were, were going up like crazy like spac especially you know these spacs are now down like about 80 or 90% you know usually most of those those ones like irnt and all these different names anyways that was day 1 and that's so that was the identification of the trade comes day 2 which is october 22nd I wake up early because I wanted to, you know, get some shares of the stock. The stock has gapped up to 70, 77 when I when I see it. I'm like, you know, again, the, you know, little bias is always there. So I'm like shorted like 200 shares just to watch it. I'm like, you know, this is pre-market. It's about 6.30 in the morning, uh, central time. Uh, the stock goes up about 85. I'm like, you know what, let me get out, take my losses. Let me reconsider once, you know, once closer to the open. So then... I look at the open and I'm like, again, I'm seeing a humongous imbalance. And now the stock is capped up to like, you know, 80, as I said, there's a 1.6 million share buy imbalance, right? So there's 1.6 million shares that want to be bought. It could be market orders. It could be limit orders. It could be anything. Uh, but there's also sell orders on the other side. But the auction is such a way that right now, 1.6 million more buyers than sellers, right? And so you so it's going to find a prize to open where 1.6 million shares get uh you know get enough sellers to to equate it to zero in a way make sense yeah so i'm like that's a pretty big imbalance and the stock is increased in price a lot so i'm like you know what i'm gonna buy so at about 9 25 eastern time about six seven minutes before the open i start buying at you know i think 92 i buy some I buy at 97, I'm buying some. The stock is moving up and up and up. And I'm like in about five or 6,000 shares pre-market. Uh, I'm like, you know, okay, fine. I'm going to sell the whole thing as soon as the, mar- as, the, as, as the market opens. You know, there's a way to sell it at open. And so from the time I was buying at 92, the stock opens at 119.91 cents, right? So it opened about, whatever 20 odd 22 23 points from where i got in so i was up about i don't know i think i got i took out some profits while it was going up because it was going up so quickly i didn't think that it would really you know that imbalance would actually stay i thought it would actually get you know covered so i was taking profits as it was going up also i had some orders to you know on on open to sell so i did that too so I sold at 119.91. So I think it was up like 60 or 70k by then on on five or six thousand shares. I know a friend of mine who was trading. He was in I think 20,000 shares. I think he was up like 250 just in, just before the market even opened. Um, do we have a next question, or should I keep going through my story? <laughs> yeah. So let me just ask a couple questions. Your first trade when you were quite early to this, when you were shorting in the pre-market, um, is that something you do often or was this kind of an exception to the rule? Oh, no, I, I, I do trade a lot. I mean, especially the way the market was going on in October to, in October and, and, you know, all the way from like, you know, the COVID times. Waking up at like 5.30 or 5 in the morning was was a given now because there was so much activity happening pre-market that you had to be awake. And sometimes, you know, if you want to secure shares to short, you would wake up early in the morning and just secure the shares that were going crazy, like, you know, small caps that were going crazy or, you know, stocks like DVAC 
that were going crazy. You wanted to go and you know secure them. So waking up early in the morning was something that we were doing uh, consistently in the pandemic. Okay. So I just want to maybe clarify, what were some of the variables for why you decided to go long the stock um, in the pre-market just before it did open there? Like what were some of the the key things which you identified, some of those repeatable factors um, right. that made it like a, a clear long trade for you? Right. So, you know, it goes back to the day before when, you know, I knew that there was a million share imbalance. It had moved the stock a little bit anyways. So, and and now this stock has momentum. It's, you know, close at 50. It's gapping up. The imbalance is still there. You don't know exactly if it's going to open where. If it's going to open at 120, you're going to open at 100. But I'm like, you know what, this imbalance is going to push the stock to a decent level where I'll make some money, right? Now, if I knew it's going to open at 120, it's going to open 20, 25 points up, I would be in way more shares. But, you know, at times, I mean, hindsight is 50-50. But, you know, usually if you see an imbalance like that, you're like, yeah, it's going to open maybe three or four, five points up. I didn't expect to open 20 points up uh, from where I got in. Uh, so it was, that's why I took profits throughout that move up in the in, in five minutes, I did take profits. I mean, I think by the end of it, I think I, will, I only closed about 2,000 shares at the at the opening print. So talk to me about, I, I guess it's maybe trade two. It looks like the stock um, halted shortly after the open. Yeah, I think it halted 34 seconds after the open. Uh, yeah, so you know, I got out of my of my shares at the open. I said, let me see what it does because even even yesterday, even the day before on, on October 21st, it opened and it spiked up, right? And I was going to be caught in the spike, so I won't short immediately, but I do want to short, you know, event, you know, in the end, you know, for sure, but. But I was like, let me just trade the stock. I don't want to have that bias, which I, you know, which I, which I carried on on day one. I said, let's just see what it does. Let's not think about anything. Let's just see what it does. And so, in 34 seconds, it hit LRP. Do you know what LRP is? Uh, no, I don't. I presume it's some sort of regulatory hold. Yeah. So LRP is basically for stock moves uh, X percent in in you know and hits hits this level. Like I think it moves five percent. And it's there at this level called the LRP, which is you know a point where it halts. If it stays there for thirty seconds, the stock halts. Okay. Okay. So it's a moving average of five minutes, uh, five five minutes for five percent. So if it moves in you know within that that in that period five percent, it halts at this level. But it has to be at that LRP for thirty seconds. So as soon as I hit the LRP, I said I'm going to just going to buy it because there was so much buying in the starting. I'm like. And it was going up, and I'm like, okay, fine. I'm just going to go with the trend. So I bought it, and I bought, I think, three thousand and six hundred and eighty-two shares. Okay, so did you buy it thinking that, um, knowing these rules for when the halts occur? Oh yeah. Um, presuming that there was soon to be a halt. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, so that was kind of the trade there. That was kind yeah, of the I was idea. Like, if it's halting, I'm going to go with the trend. You know. Okay. Uh, I didn't know what's going to happen after that. Usually on halts, like it's an up halt, right? So usually on up halts, you really, you usually don't lose money that much. Uh, so you know, it's like maybe it can open down a little bit at times, 
or it can open up a little bit, right? So you take a 50-50 shot. It's like, you know what? <laughs> Let's just go with the trend and see what happens. So that's what I did. You know, as I hit LRP, I said, you know what? I'm going to add as many shares as I can, but I don't want to be in too much size because just in case it, you know, if it goes against me, I don't want to lose all the money I made in the morning. So let me just, you know, get in as much as I can. So if you see the the number I got, it was 3,682 shares. So I was trying to get in more, but, uh, you know, you have 30 seconds to to try to get in and the whole world is trying to get in at the same time. So it's not like it's an easy way to get in, but there are tricks and trades of how to get in. Are you a developing or seasoned day trader who trades the U.S. markets? Is the only thing stopping you from getting to the next level is having enough capital to trade? Trade the Pool is a unique online stock trading prop firm that funds stock traders worldwide. Not having to risk your own capital can help you focus on other things like making better decisions on your trades. There's no PDT rules to worry about. You got more than 12,000 stocks and ETFs to trade, long or short, and professional tools at your side. How you get funded is you show them your skills through a straightforward evaluation process. Once you pass the evaluation, you get funded and trade with their pool of money and split the profits. Don't let the lack of buying power, capital, or fear of losing your own money prevent you from taking your trading to the next level. Visit tradethepool.com slash chat to learn more. Hold on, sorry, can I just interrupt you? Yeah. Again, I don't I don't trade uh, these markets on an intraday level, so uh, some of these nuances are, um, I'm not familiar with. But I presume that's probably the case for um, quite a few of my listeners as well. So if you said that the stock was going, you could see that by the way it was trading, that it was there was going to be a halt occurring shortly. Um, but you said there was a 30-second window for you to try and get in. What's that 30 seconds relating to? Well, let me explain. I didn't know it's going to halt up, right? As soon as it opened, the stock went up, 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 Right. So in 34 seconds, it moved up to the LRP. LRP uh, is a point. It's called liquidity uh, replenishment point or something like that. You know, I forgot the real the real name for the the abbreviation. So if it hits that point uh, and it's there at that point for 30 seconds, the stock halts for five minutes. Okay. Okay. So basically, it hit that point, and as soon as it hit that point, I'm like, I'm I'm gonna start buying at that point for the next 30 seconds before it hauls. So I bought, I bought, I bought 3,600 shares. And this was at 131.90. Uh, that was the price it was trading at. Now it opened at 120, so it went 11 points pretty quick uh, in 34 seconds. So it was like just open, zipped up, halted, right? And then, and then the imbalance came in for the halt because again, you need an auction to open the stock. And uh, if and if the stock is opening above five percent, it takes five minutes. If it's opening ten percent, it takes ten minutes. And if it's opening anything above that, or fifteen or twenty percent, it takes about half an hour. Sometimes I've seen sometimes an hour go by and the stocks don't open when it's really opening up. All right. Okay. Yeah. So the halt's completely dependent on the imbalance. It's completely dependent on the on the price it's going to open. At uh, the price, yeah. So if it's going to open five percent up then there is a five-minute halt. Uh, and if it's if it's 10% up, it's a 10-minute halt. And anything above that, usually it's like, you know, could be 15 minutes. There's no real science to it, but this is approximate what usually happens. Uh, so I was in it. 
and then I'm starting, I see all these buyers, you know, piling in, trying to trying to get in, obviously, but the stock is halted. You start seeing an imbalance that's formed, right? So basically, what it's saying is that uh, the imbalance there was a buy imbalance of 1.4 million shares. So there was 1.4 million shares that had to be bought or wanted to be bought as soon as the stock opens, right? They're mm-hmm. basically market orders. They could be limit orders. They could be whatever kind of orders. But this is how much they want to buy as soon as it opens. And I'm lo- I'm already long in this stock, so I'm waiting for the stock to open. And the way imbalances work is that they, they start printing a price where the auction is meeting right now. So you know, it started at like 200, it went to 180, went to 190, went to 165. So it was halted for about 30 minutes. And then it, it and it opened at 175, which was about 40, 44 points up, right? And so I'm actually thinking of, okay, I'm going to short the print, but I didn't want to short a lot of the print, right? So, so it, it could open in 25 minutes, it could open in 20 minutes, it could open at, in, at th- in 30 minutes. We don't know exactly. So you, you, you keep, putting orders out in case if it opens and you can get it, right? Yep. So anyways, opens right there. So that was my big, big money gain out there. Okay, so hold on, let me just interrupt you. So you're talking about considering shorting the stock now. So I presume that once it came back online, you sold your long position? Yes, yes. Okay, and that was purely just because of the size of the gap? Yeah, I'm like, you know, if, if something gaps 40 points up, it's you take that profit <laughs> sure and okay. you know if it halts again up you can always get in maybe a little bit and try that but i mean i know like that's a pretty big gap you know it's, and then this morning it was trading at 80 it's trading at you know nearly 100 percent up obviously things can go even more north from there you know it's all all possibilities but then you know you just have to take what you see as i said i was going to be I, I won't have a bias when i trade this that's what i told myself um, anyway, that opens, and I, I, I think I, I told myself I'll take 500 shares short just to see if I'm wrong. If I'm wrong, I'm going to get out immediately, right? Uh, but it opened at 170, or I think 175, and straight hit an LRP down. So the stock fell five or seven or ten percent pretty quickly, and I tried to short some of that LRP down too. But I didn't get enough because it's very hard to get in because I think everyone was selling at that point. Oh, I don't know what. But it's, sometimes it's it's hard to get in at LRP. It's really hard. So sometimes you get lucky, like the way I got for thirty six hundred shares on the way down. Maybe I got like you know I think seven or eight hundred shares, and then it just you know went lower and lower and lower and lower and halted. I think maybe three or four times on the way down. Uh, and for me, the trade was kind of over then. After that, it's just like you know, trading with you know, a few hundred shares here and there, in and out, trying to see if you know which way this, which way it would go. Okay, so let me just before we go into that part of it, you know, th- this big trade. So the short, I know you said you didn't get as much size on um, for the the short trade, but it does look like you were kind of adding to your short through the halts on the way down, um, or leading into the halts on the way down. Um, I mean, is that where the, the majority of your money was still made? Like, did you get enough size on to... No, I think the majority of my money was made uh, on that gap up of 44 points because the gap the gap gotcha. downs on the halts were like maybe like six or seven points down. Like, they were not like big, 
big down moves that that you would see. It, okay. it didn't gap down 40 points. I think it gapped down really slow um, after that. Like it gapped down like every three or four points after that. Okay. So how were you trading it on the way down? Because it looks like you were obviously you were shorting more, covering, shorting, covering, etc. Yeah, I was shorting and covering at, on every halt till it didn't work out. You know, uh, I think it went all went all the way down to like ninety, and uh, and then bounced back up to like hundred and fifteen. So like, you know, if you were wrong in any of these moves, it's like it's a 10, 15 point move, and it's really quick. And so it's like you know, you just have to know that like the, the main trade is over because the move up is done the move down is done now it's you know it's going to be range bound it can be up it could go down it could go up it'll go down i don't want to put size on that at least you know i don't mind trading it with you know with with the lesser size just because you know you're a compulsive trader <laughs> <laughs> i think what you said there is the main trade is over i think that's like a really key point that a lot of uh you know, less experienced traders don't really accept as much. It's like sometimes when you have such a huge move or such a big event like that, right. it's like that was the trade. You know, if you miss that, whatever follows, the opportunities aren't as great. There's not as much edge in participating in the moves that follow, you know, like right. the trade's done. The edge <laughs> is gone. You're exactly right. The edge is not there after that. The, the edge was there when, when things are going crazy. After that, there's... I mean, it's still crazy if you look from a from a macro perspective, but but mm-hmm. the micro perspective, you know, it's become less crazy. And you know, it's like, listen, now you can you know poke around here and there, but you can't give away, you know, half your day, or you can't give out even one third your day. I would give back maybe ten percent of my day playing around something like this. I, uh, that's the max I would give back. Uh, so that's where you, you know your 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 risk management, you know, your profit taking. You don't want to give back too much. Because the main trade's over. And it, a similar concept as GME, you know, there's one day when GME went to like, you know, 400 odd pre-market and then opened and did its, you know, hits up and down. And then, you know, suddenly, you know, had a few up moves and then it crashed down and, you know, and then it just halted and halted and halted and halted every time. Uh, and then you're like, you know, once it halted and, and, and goes back up, you're like, you know what, majority of the trade is over, you know. Now on, you know, you have to really like, you know, choose the amount of size you really want to put for a quick day trade, you know. I guess just a couple questions just to reflect on this trade. I mean, the way that you were sizing, you did share how many shares you bought and, and sold um, at various points during these trades. I mean, how were you determining your position sizing? I mean, in a situation like this, right, you... <laughs> It's like when you when you at LRP and when you try to buy a halt, sometimes you don't have an option to choose the size you want because it's what you get. Uh, it's 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 like you know everyone is trying to buy, so it's how much you can get in that in that situation. So that uh, on those LRPs, it's all about how much you can get. You know, uh, when it comes to uh, the pre-market trade that I did. I thought that because it's become an eighty dollars stock, I didn't want to be more than four or five thousand shares because uh, if you're wrong, you know it can go against you very quickly. You know, at the same time, if the imbalance disappears, if someone comes as a big sell and you know, and and that auction goes to zero, 
and there's not a buy imbalance as it was before, then getting out of you know of a big amount of shares could could be worth at least you know four or five points on the other side. So I wanted to keep uh, you know in the five thousand range because if I'm wrong, then you know I lose about you know two or three points getting out. And uh, that's what I wanted to be because I had, I lost the night, the day before in that stock, so I didn't want to like you know again give back more money in that stock. Another question for you: After the big gap up, where it opened, came back online after the halt at one seventy five or one hundred and seventy five, what gave you the confidence to short it there? I know it had gapped up a huge amount, yeah, um, but huge is obviously always a relative term. Relative, exactly. I mean, I've done this before in GME. <laughs> and uh, you know you can get. I've got screwed in it where it's you know I was long, it gapped up, uh, and then it again halted up. You know, so so basically when I'm shorting, so I only short at five hundred because I'm like on my on the on my keyboard ready to get out. I'm like if this goes against me two or three points, I'm out, right? So you're you're supposed to be really quick on it because the idea is very simple. Like if it doesn't halt down, you're getting out. There's no, there's no, there's no two, two, you know, there's no, there's no other other question in my head. I'm like, if this doesn't gap down, I'm getting out. So it's basically, I'm already, I'm already doing a delta up, like you know, I'm already like deltaing maybe delta two points up. That in case if I'm wrong, I just I'm gonna get out, whatever happens. So I'm not marketing, but I'm doing a delta order. So let's say the stock is trading at three hundred dollars right now. I'm putting an order at three hundred and two to get out. Okay, so you'll sweep the book up. I'll that, sweep the book up if I have to. Gotcha. You know, because okay. I need to get out because everyone is going to sweep the book. <laughs> Everyone's <laughs> going to market order on that, you know, kind of stuff. So it's like you want to be first to it. Okay, just to just to summarize here, and we'll wrap this up in a moment. But what things did you get right here, and what things do you think you could have? Uh, done better obviously hindsight as you said is always 50 50 but yeah. you know just doing a little bit of reflection here what are some of the things that you're you're pleased that you did and you feel like you got right and maybe some of the things you could have fine-tuned a little bit next time uh, so one thing i think i got right was the bias part right like i realized on day one i was i was biased on the stock i'm like this is this doesn't make sense this is just you know how can a stock like this go up you know, I'm not in that kind of crowd either, you know, that would buy a stock like that. So in my head, I was like, yeah, yeah, this is just, this is just, you know, something that's going to go up 15, 20%, come down. So you have that bias in your head. Uh, and second day, I'm like, you know, let me just trade the stock the way it should be traded. Let me just trade it instead of like thinking, oh, this stock should be valued at this price right now or that price. I'm a day trader. I'm looking at what's going to happen in the next 10, 15, 20 minutes. I don't care what's going to happen in the next three or four days. You know, So let me just trade that day, that moment, and see what the stock is doing instead of me trying to put my bias first. Like, you know, and you see, and you learn from, you know, moves like AMC and GME that, you know, when you have a bias, it doesn't work out, you know. You, I mean, we all knew, even the smartest or the dumbest person on the street, that GME is not worth four hundred, or AMC is not worth sixty or seventy or eighty or ninety, wherever <laughs> it went to. And you can see that today in the stock market when AMC is trading at what fifteen bucks, right? Uh, yeah, eighteen dollars right now. So you know that, but then you know. You don't want your career to get over before you can short that stock when the time comes right. So 
I was, I'm glad that that bias part was good. And so let me just trade the stock instead of trading what I think the valuation should be or where the stock should be trading. Let me just trade the stock. What can I do better? I don't know. Uh, you can always do more size, but it's easier said than done. I think on an imbalance trade at the open, I should have taken some more, more size for sure. A rest, um, um, I don't know, because you know I was, I've been burned before by buying halts that are gapped up. Uh, and you, I've been burned shorting halts that I've gapped up also. So it's like, that's like, you know, it's it just happens so quick, Aaron, that uh, that it's it's just, it's it's a split of a second decision, you know, and, and as traders, you do make it. And sometimes, you know, you get, you get right and sometimes you get wrong. So when it's, if it's going to hold down, you just want to be your key, you know, you, you make the right keys and the right quickness to be there. And then that's where I think I would have a, an edge over someone else does because we have the right keys and the right exchanges and you know things like that to get those, those uh, LRP prints at times. When you say the right keys, what do you, what do you exactly mean there? Just like, you know, like I'm saying, you know, if I was wrong, I would use a delta key to get out. You know? okay. The same way I, there, are, there are keys that you can make that you can be quicker to get to the LRP that you can, you know, it's tough to get filled at LRP because it's like, you know, many people are selling out there too. Because, uh, mm-hmm. you know, everyone realizes that, oh, the stock has gone up crazy and, you know, they want to make quick profits. And it was, you know, the retail craziness was still going on that time. So there was so much volume and retail trading that was going on. It's a lot of things that goes on, but yeah. All right, Nish, let's leave it there for now. Once again, or as always, it's uh, it's awesome to have you on and, and share your wisdom. So I appreciate you doing this. Uh, if someone wants to follow you on uh, Twitter, maybe, would you like to give out your handle? Yeah, uh, my Twitter handle should be out out there, I think. But uh, it's Nishant82. And people always find me somehow on Instagram too. And they find me on Facebook somehow too. And they keep messaging me on how to get, become a, how, 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 do, how do I apply to, to the company that I work for? Let me tell you guys, I have no way to do that. So just apply to the company directly. <laughs> okay, don't hassle Nishan. No, no, you can hassle <laughs> me. You can ask me questions, but like you know, it's like it's tough to like really coach someone um, through text messaging. I feel like you know that's really hard. I think when you show me a chart of a of a stock that you've traded, and I can help you with something like that. But like they're like, oh, you know, how do I become a better trader? I'm like. I don't know what kind of trader you are in the first place. So it's like, you know, but I've spoken to a lot of your uh, listeners, you know, a lot of your listeners call me, I've spoken to them. I'm always open to helping people out because that's how I became a trader too. Someone helped me out. So, um, and it's the best job in the world, especially if you love it. Yeah. Oh, it's very good of you. All right, Nishan. And again, I appreciate you doing this. Uh, Once again, it's always a pleasure to speak to you. Until next time. And I just want to give you kudos because you know your your podcasts are one of the best podcasts. Even as a senior trader, <laughs> as someone who you know who's traded for six, 15, 16 years, I still listen to each one of them. And oh, that's uh, awesome, man. Yeah, so I I suggest that everyone who's young and upcoming, or even a senior trader, should listen to your podcast because I think you learn something from someone always. Very kind, very kind. Thank you. Thank you, Aaron. You've reached the end of this episode of Chat with Traders. But rest assured, there are more episodes loaded with real market insight and zero hype on the way soon. 
So to stay updated with each great new release, subscribe to the podcast and iTunes. And we'd love it if you'd leave a rating and review. We'll catch you next time on Chat with Traders. Traders.